And seriously, if the terrorists uh, hated freedom, then the Netherlands would be fucking dust, you know? <laughs> As would Denmark and Sweden and Switzerland and New Zealand and Canada and every other country that's truly freer than we are. But that's true. And I, I, don't, I don't think uh, um, Osama bin Laden sent those planes in uh, uh, to attack us because he hated our freedom. I think he did it because uh, of our support for Israel and our ties with the Saudi family and all our military bases in Saudi Arabia. You know why I think that? Because that's what he fucking said! <laughs> Are we a nation of six-year-olds? Answer, yes. God damn it. Mm. Why did the bad man put the plane in the building? I said he hated freedom. Because <laughs> oh, I went to the Nexus Lexus database and there's over 1,400 articles that actually explain why. Shh, he hated freedom. Have a cookie. Have a cookie. Get him in the backyard. Show him, show him the outdoor pool. All right. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. Cecil, I uh, I feel a little nervous, so I'm not going to lie to you. This is episode 13, I thought, <laughs> about... <laughs> I considered skipping it and going right to like twelve B. Right. No, we could we, we got to do fourteen A. I think I gotcha. think you got to do fourteen A and B. You know, Tom. Here's here's something that's fucking shocking in today's society. I work in a modern, relatively modern high rise in in downtown Chicago, and we have a fourteen A and B. I know. I've been to that building because um, that's the same building the Chicago Water Department is in, and it is shocking to look at that. Like you get in the elevator, and you're like, really. This was designed by superstitious halfwits. <laughs> That's not a good sign when you're getting in an elevator. A and B, how is that possible? I don't. You're you, you got to figure at this point on, on the 14th floor, 13th floor, right? You're 140 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want 140 feet in the air. I don't want myself to be suspended by fucking faith, yeah. because faith will not suspend me. <laughs> I would like to be suspended by engineers. Right. And and, and construction. Yeah. And Who not, could not nonsense. give a fuck what floor you're on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the engineer of that building? Like, ser seriously, you're the engineer of the building. You're like, okay, so how many floors is it? Uh, it's, it's 26, 25. What? How many floors am I building? <laughs> how many floors am I building? 26, 25. What? It doesn't make any sense. Tell me how many floors. Well, there's not a 13th floor. <laughs> it's got to be the asshole who's funding it, right? 
Right. It's got to be the asshole who's like, well, I'm not going to go in my building if it has a 13th floor. Yeah. Well, you know that there would be people who wouldn't take a job on the 13th floor. Oh. And to them I say, good, I wouldn't hire you anyway. <laughs> I wish I was on the 13th floor. I, I worked with a woman once who uh, believed that uh, email, like spam email, was sent by the devil. Like the <laughs> devil. And she wouldn't open up chain letters and other things because she thought they were satanic. Sure, sure. I'm convinced that this woman would not have worked on the 13th floor. <laughs> it would have made for a better year and a half of my life when I had to work next to this idiot. This, this woman shouldn't be working at all. She really. shouldn't. She should be unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> forever. She's barely smart enough to feed herself. Oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the shit she ate. She wasn't smart enough to feed herself. How Good do you lord. Think, okay, okay. So I'm the devil and I have nothing better to do than send spam emails. Right. It's <laughs> just like, hmm, how can I take over the world today? Oh, I'll send spam email to people. They're just gonna delete it anyway. The devil knows you're just gonna delete it. And the devil's all mad at Gmail. They're like the spam filter. Yeah. It's too strong. Well, I think well, Gmail, Godmail, right. huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's where it comes from. <laughs> Once again, your devil is weak sauce. Yeah, your devil. Right. Your devil's like, I'm gonna destroy the world by minor inconveniences. <laughs> be like, but all I had to do is hit empty spam folder. Like it took me yeah. like a moment. It didn't yeah. take. Plus, your, your headlines are hilarious. Your subject lines are great. It's all boner pills and wristwatches. I think it's time to move on to our first story. Despite this being episode 13, uh, I prayed over the microphone, so it'll be fine. <laughs> we are just um, going to fucking soldier through that shit. Right. That's all you can do. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's bad. It, thankfully, it's Sunday, not Friday. Yeah. You know, that would be Oh, gosh. You know, I was, born, <laughs> I was born on Friday the 13th. At, at twelve thirteen in the morning, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like double fucked, man. Right. Well, my wife had surgery on the thirteenth. I was well, not at all worried about that. Actually, it turns out <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not an idiot. Right. Um, unlike the people who uh, are interested in this book, uh, Leslie Kane wrote a book about. <laughs> UFOs. Uh, the, the title of the book is uh, UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record by Leslie Keene. Um, and uh, I have to say, I think this book, now I haven't read it um, because I, you know, I don't yet know how to read. I'm hoping, though, you know, I'd like to learn. Um, but looking at the at the jacket cover information, um, this book kind of seems like it's going to be nonsense, Cecil. One of the things that I, that you want to point out to people when they when they talk about UFOs is that the first fucking letter stands for unidentified. Yeah, not people, alien, right? People don't get it. People just automatically assume it's a UFO, therefore it was an alien. I mean, one of the things that that uh, that you want to say to these people is there's a lot of things in the world that are unexplained, that are unidentified. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're something special or that they're supernatural or that they're right. extraterrestrial. That doesn't mean that. It just means that it's unexplained or unidentified. But that doesn't mean also that there's not a perfectly rational explanation for all these things. Well, sure. It's what this is, is God of the gaps. Just right. take out God and put right. an alien. It's, sure. It's, you know, grays of the gaps, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's nonsense no matter how you slice it. And, and even the jacket cover, you know, it says... 
we know that all uh, of all UFO sightings reported, 95% can be explained as ordinary phenomena. However, within that remaining 5%, spectacular, well-documented UFO events have been officially investigated by government agencies, yet no conventional explanations were found. Okay, so all that means is it's still unidentified. Right. It's UFO is, is a I actually think UFO is a great term. It's an unidentified flying object. Great. So we just don't know what it is. I don't understand why people um, can't let themselves be okay with a little bit of uncertainty in their lives. You know, there are some things we just don't know. It doesn't mean that they're unknowable or that we have to ascribe, uh, you know, supernatural or extraterrestrial causation to those things. We can just say, hey, I don't know. That was weird. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll figure it out. Let's look at all the evidence and keep an open mind and, you know, eventually we'll we'll figure it out. I'd lo- I I would really love it if they came up with a different fucking uh a different acronym for it. Um it could, because flying indicates something in itself. And I, I wish it was something like unidentified object that appeared in the sky. Like I wish that that is what they said. Yeah, because flying right. sort of indicates something. Flying gives it, gives it some sort of mobility or motion when it might not have that at all. Sure. Yeah. It might just be like unidentified fuzz on the fucking camera. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which it is a lot. Yeah. And, and I have to say, you know, looking at this, like officials and government officials and generals and pilots that go on the record. Well, that really sounds like something, doesn't it? Except for if government officials really went on the record to say that they were fucking space aliens, it wouldn't take an investigative journalist to write a book about it, right? right? right. If a government official actually came out and said, whoa, we have hardcore, not just a bunch of eyewitnesses, horrifyingly uh, unreliable, we have actual genuine American evidence of of, of space aliens. (laughs) Flying about in our airspace. <laughs> if we actually had that, you wouldn't need to have a, a, a tell-all book by Leslie Keene. Right. You wouldn't have to have anything because we would know about it. Because government officials would say, holy hair on fire shit. <laughs> There's goddamn aliens flying around. Yeah, that's that's totally true. And wh- what are they going to say that you don't already know? Oh, fuck, we saw something. We didn't know what it was. Uh-oh. And we still don't. And we still are kind of unclear as to what it was. Well, great. Wouldn't this be a short book? Yeah, I, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like people get confused with these terms way too often. People, like you said, do God of the Gaps way too often with this sort of thing. And what you really need to do is just think about it in a in a regular rational mindset. It's like that fucking celebrity ghost stories fucking show where half the fucking <laughs> half the things that they do in that show are sleep paralysis. Yep. It's like half of them are sleep paralysis. And like sleep paralysis has been documented over and over and over to make it feel like you're fucking having some sort of crazy weird paranormal experience when really you're just fucking partially asleep stupid so these these people get on this celebrity ghost story show and they're like oh my god something was sitting on my chest it was probably a demon (laughs) that show i will say my my wife likes that show my wife uh, likes that show too (laughs) that show i'm not gonna lie about it that show scares the hell out of me not because i believe in ghosts at all but because the, the actor will be telling a story. They're like, right. yeah, and then I saw this thing. And then the images have nothing at all. Sure. The images are the scary. It's like the most manipulative show ever. It is. Because the images are the scariest things you've ever seen. It's like, 
Here's like a dead baby with like blacked out eyes, like blood shooting out of its mouth. You got these sharky <laughs> deadlights. They're just like, Nyeh. and they're like fucking, <laughs> like a, like a, a weird light is on them, and they're like it just flashes for like a second. So you're like, what the fuck was what that? Your reptile brain. This guy's you're- talking about how he he just walked to the fucking counter, and he all he did is all he says in his stories. Yeah, so I get up and I walk into the other room, and then you just hear flash, and you see this fucking like demon is like ready to pierce his fucking soul, and you're like, well, he didn't mention a demon. Demon at all. <laughs> and like your reptile brain's like, oh my god, what the fuck was that? So you're watching it and you have this like like this massive uh reaction to the show. Like because you have this like fear, like this innate fear reaction. Like, what the fuck? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Right. What the fuck? Why was that happening? And then they go on telling the story, and then an hour later you they turn off the TV, it's time to go to bed. And you're like, I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> you just you just manipulated the base fear sure. response in my body yep. for a fucking hour. Yep. And at the same time, you told a totally unrelated story. And then I turn it off and I'm like, wow, that seems not real at all. But still, I'm horrified. What the fuck yeah. is going on? And they, they spruce up every story like that. But oh, that, yeah, that's off the topic. But still, this is this is a very similar thing. It's the it's it's people blowing things out of proportion just because they want to, you know, they want to have this. They want to have an experience. They want to have an experience that they could tell other people about. Oh, my God, I saw a UFO. I just pray over this equipment. We speak over the PowerPoint presentations, the, all of the video projectors, and we we'll say, devil, we know what you love to do in meetings like this. And we say, you will not, in Jesus' name, you will not prevent this message from going out. No microphone problems in Jesus' name. So speaking of unidentified, um, I, I, I've got to figure out, who the yutzes are that are flying around in their fucking magic spaceship and thinking about voting for either Bachman or Rick Perry. <laughs> because it, it can't be anybody with any fucking sense here on this planet. Um, there's a, a, a great blog, uh, teapotatheism.blogspot.com. There's a, a very good article from Thursday, September the 15th, about uh, the title of it is Our Profoundly Fatalistic Candidates. Um, I think this is actually a really good blog post, a really interesting blog post. Um, and it brings up a good point that if you if you look at Rick Perry and Michelle Bachman um, and you, you really think about some of the stuff that they're saying, um, they are profoundly fatalistic. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from the article is at the very end when he says, uh, Obama is not a good role model for the separation of church and state, but at least he doesn't piss away his, mo- his money or yours on prayer rallies when things start going downhill. Imagine had that been his response to the credit downgrade or if his jobs plan was to hire a bunch of tempt government chaplains to pray for jobs. <laughs> That, I think, is something we could have expected from Perry and Bachman. And this is so fucking true, right? Like, what what would they do for the credit downgrade? Because they prayed for rain. So here's something equally uncontrollable by them. What do they do? Well, pray for it. Well, that didn't work. Now what? Wouldn't you want somebody in office who's got a better plan other than pray for it? You know, I would get it's fine if if you want to pray. This is sort of going back to our last episode, right? It's like if, if there's a hurricane coming and you board up your house and you pray at the same time, fine. Walk and chew gum. It doesn't matter. But if your plan is to, I don't know, cut spending on on firefighters and pray for rain, like you're doing it wrong. Right. And you're doing it wrong because you've got a mindset that's fundamentally fatalistic. You've got a mindset that the end times are coming. So 
if I really believed that the end times were coming, if I really believed that the, the great man in the sky has a message for me and it's not a good one, right? You know, it's not a long-term thousand-year, let's all work together and see if we can't suss this out. But I, I instead, I've got this, this crazy sort of hyper-Christian mindset. You know, what... Why in the world would I plan for a long-term future? I wouldn't. I don't believe there is such a thing as a long-term future. Getting these people into office is basically like saying, hey, you, that guy who has no optimism for the future, what should we do next? That's not, not who you ask. Well, that or you're relying on God to bail you out whenever you get into trouble, right? Right. Well, I, I'm just going to do what I think is right, and even if it's fucking horrifyingly wrong— it doesn't matter because I prayed about it and God told me which way to go and I did it. And then everything's all fucked up when well, you're not going to blame God because he told you which way to go. But now it's all fucked up. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll just pray for him to fix it. He's the one who got you in the fucking problems in the first place if right. you prayed about it and then made your decision. Lord, the day is at hand. We are in the last days. You're Jehovah God. Michelle Bachman said some crazy shit. Speaking of just crazy shit, um, said some really crazy shit about the HPV vaccine. Um, she, she basically said that um, a woman who gave her daughter HPV vaccine uh, later uh, discovered that the HPV vaccine caused her daughter to become mentally retarded. Now, you would think that that would be a good thing for the Bachman campaign because clearly only the retarded would vote for her. Yeah. <laughs> But instead, she was using this as evidence that uh, people should not, in fact, get the HPV vaccine. Somebody came up to you and said, oh, hey, my daughter's retarded because she took this thing. Where's your science? And then you're going to talk about this, this vaccine, which helps thousands of people beat cancer, cervical cancer. And you're going to talk about this and like, oh, well, you know, one person said it, it caused fucking somebody to go retarded. So therefore it's a, it's, it's, you know, you're basically feeding the populace poison. Well, that's like, uh, you know, uh, and we're going to talk about this later on. It's like shouting fire in a fucking crowded theater. You know, that's dangerous speech. You're hurting people by saying something like that because somebody out there is stupid enough to believe you. Right. All, all day long. You know, in Michelle Bachman's defense is like, well, you know, I'm just kind of repeating something I heard from this woman. Like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You're going to be you're trying to be president of the United States. You can't discuss a major health policy or a major health issue. As a person who speaks with authority, as a person who is trying to represent the United States of America on an executive level without verifying information first, you can't just be a rumor monger. It's not a game of telephone. We're talking about inciting a rumor, like you said, that might cause people in large numbers to not become vaccinated against something which has the potential to give them cervical cancer. Now, there's, it's possible that, that legitimate claims can be made against the HPV vaccine. I don't know what those claims are. But if, if legitimate claims can be made against that vaccine, then by all means, bring them to the fore. But repeating a rumor is not bringing that shit to the fore. It's nonsense. And that's why two bioethics professors said, great, bust out the medical records. If you can prove it, we'll give them $10,000. Right. 
$10,000 to the woman who comes forward. I got to tell you, if I had a child who took a vaccine and became uh, damaged, brain damaged as a result of a vaccine and two people were like, just give me the medical records. I'll give you $10,000. Well, fuck, I could use that $10,000 and I would fucking take that money in a heartbeat. But you notice nobody's going to ever come forward for this money. This money will never be claimed. Ever. Yeah, well, it, it, one guy said one thing to me one time about something. Well, great. Right. I mean, like, like this is the most this is the most useless bit of information you could give me, and you're giving it to people on a na- in a national forum. You're giving it to people in a way that is, you know, a giant debate that is public that is that is televised, you know, and people can see it and hear it, and that's dangerous talk. And you're you're right. basically you're endangering people by being a fucking moron by reporting anonymous hearsay as fact. And why shouldn't you be fucking held accountable for something like that? It's an awful, stupid thing to say. You know, we've got another article here um, where somebody was saying that Bachman was right to attack Perry on the HPV vaccine, not because of what she said, um, but because this person felt um, that. Rick Perry was in the pocket of Merck, who is the uh, developer and, and the drug company uh, which sells this vaccine. Uh, I took I took actually a lot of issue with this with this article. I think this was sent to us by one of our listeners on the Facebook. There was a back and forth, and and somebody had posted this as a response. Yeah, this is this is actually I think pretty poor thinking. Um, what this says is that hey, you know, the HPV vaccine. Uh, what what Bachman said. Um, she was right to attack Rick Perry on it because Rick Perry took money from Merck and Merck is the uh, seller of this vaccine. And so, of course, Rick Perry is going to uh, be a proponent of this vaccine because he's owned. The suggestion, of course, is that he is owned by this drug company. And so we'll push all of the uh, drugs that this drug company manufactures. Um, I think that's nonsense on two levels. I think, first of all, Bachman's comment was insane and inaccurate and that any good that a comment like that does is collateral right. damage at best. Um, and two, uh, there simply wasn't a lot of money involved for Rick Perry, not you know in the grand scheme of things. And I doubt very much Rick Perry knows all of the individual drugs that Merck manufactures and keeps an eye out for whenever anybody says something bad about you know, the hundreds of drugs manufactured by Merck so that he can rebut those statements or stand in support of those drugs. I think that's insane. Well, and and here's another thing to think about. They gave him something like $30,000. Perry's gubernatorial campaign, I'm reading directly from the article, for example, received nearly $30,000 from the drug maker since 2000. Since 2000? So over, you know, at this point, 10 years... He's received $30,000, which equates, if you take that actual vaccine, because they have to get it three times, it's $130 a time. It's under 100 times. It's about 75 different treatments of people. 75 different individuals got this vaccine. That's how many people it cost them to pay Perry, uh, Perry back for his, you know, making it a statewide thing. So instead of looking at it, you know, how cynical is that to look at it and be like, well, he didn't do it for the safety of anybody. He didn't do it because there's proven science that it helps people. No, he did it because they paid him money. Another another question I have is how much did Merck give to his competitors? How much did Merck give to the people that were opposing him in those races? I guarantee it's probably close to the same amount of money because they want to be in good with whoever gets in office. Right. That's the thing a lot of people don't don't seem to consider is that you know, these these massive corporations, they give money to everybody. 
they hedge their fucking bets. You know, thirty thousand dollars is it's inconsequential. Nothing. It's it's not even the base salary right. of a drug rep, right? We're not even talking about the non-commissioned base salary of a single employee. For a year. You're talking of a span of 10 years here. Right. $3,000 a year? Who gives a shit about $3,000 fucking dollars a year? Yeah. You know, it's not enough. $3,000 a year wouldn't influence me. <laughs> right? It wouldn't. If you said, Tom, I'll give you $3,000 to... Uh, uh, do something you don't think is ethical. I tell you to go fuck yourself in the ear. You know, there's no fucking way I would do that. Not fucking ever would I do that for three thousand. I can't be bought that cheap, and I don't make the kind of money this guy makes. So w- to suggest that Rick Perry can be bought for three grand a year, and it's not like he's getting the thirty thousand dollars. It's going to his campaign fund. Right, so it doesn't go right into his it's pocket. To his, it's not like he's buying fucking iPods right. with it. A gubernatorial campaign fund, guy, I hate to fucking break it to you, but those are million-dollar campaign funds. We're talking a Multi- millions yeah, yeah. of dollars here. $30,000 is inconsequential to when you're talking about a millions-of-dollar campaign. It's nothing. It means nothing. And the amount of money, it says even this article even. I mean, just even look at your own numbers. Merck stands to make four point two nine. Billion dollars. They stand to make billions of dollars off a $30,000 donation? Or did they stand to make $4.29 billion off of good fucking science? Which is it? I think if Merck gives Rick Perry money, he doesn't look and say, okay, well, fuck, now I'm owned by Merck. So, okay, what drugs do you make, Merck? Right. Merck. Oh, well, here's a list of probably a thousand or more drugs that we manufacture. Oh, shit. That's a lot to keep my eye on. Yeah. So, fuck. I mean, that's silly. It is. That's just silly. And like you said, there. I don't. we don't even fucking like Rick Perry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't make me like Don't make me stand with Rick Perry, you assholes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to stand here and defend this douchebag. But even I don't think he could be bought that right, cheap. Right, right. Chief Justice John Roberts said, while evidence presented to the court indicates a degree of fallibility in the procedural methods of capital punishment, it is the opinion of this court that the practice remains hella fucking balls to the wall awesome. Justice Clarence Thomas supported the argument immediately, uh, citing the precedent set by the movie 300 in which the offending parties were, quote, kicked into a huge fucking pit. Uh, Justice Samuel Alito then stated, yeah, or like Judge Dredd. Uh, Justice Antonin Scalia then stated quite loudly, Quote, I am the law. That's the catchphrase from the film, yes. Judge Dredd. Yes, yeah. it is. Then there followed approximately one minute of all of the justices individually claiming that they were the law. So speaking of more cognitive dissonance, Cecil, um, Rick Perry, uh, you know, obviously governor of Texas, um, pretty much had an innocent man executed. I mean, I think it's very difficult to, at this point, suggest otherwise. If he didn't have an innocent man executed... He had somebody who had no business being in prison beyond a reasonable doubt executed. If they got the right guy, it was by fucking accident. Yeah, in one of these cases where he's had like 200 plus people in like one year or something executed, at least in one case that they know of, yeah, the guy was probably innocent. And that's just one that they know of, Tom. That's not all of them. Yeah. To, so if it happens 1% of the time, then two people, 2.3 people, you know. Sure. Definitely fucking innocent. You know, hopefully it's less. I, I really, truly, truly hope that it's it's less. I hope that it's just the one person. 
if it's just the one person, it's still fucking awful. It's still too many. It is still a tragedy. Really, there's an interesting article in Slate, um, which was I, I thought it was a, a great example, again, of cognitive dissonance. Um, Republicans like Rick Perry, they're skeptical of everything, right? They're critical of everything the government gets their hands on, except for capital punishment. Yeah, like the one thing that you want make, you want to make sure if you're a small government person, the one thing you want to make sure that the government doesn't have the power to do is fucking murder you. Wrongly murder you. You want to make sure that that shit doesn't happen. And when you listen to, you know, these articles dovetail really nicely together, but one of them is on the Daily Kos. There's a clip from Talking Points Memo embedded in this article that I'll put on our page. And you you watch this clip. It's about about a minute and 45 seconds long. And it's it's Rick Perry saying, you know, he starts to say, well, somebody says, well, you know, your your state has murdered this. (laughs) He didn't say murdered, but, you know, his has executed this many people and Rick and everybody in the crowd starts cheering. And I'm like, why the fuck are you cheering people? Like these are, these people are dead now. Nobody, nobody is better off that these people are dead. Nobody is better off. The people who lost lived ones, they're not better off. The people who, uh, the people who are dead are certainly not better off. The people's families of this, you know, you know, maybe you are a killer, but you still are somebody's fucking son. You still are somebody's fucking brother. What what does it prove that you kill these people? It's not about it's not about justice, it's about vengeance. And the government should Absolutely. never be in the vengeance business. It should never be in the vengeance business. No, and in, until government has a track record of perfection, it it should never even contemplate the idea of capital punishment. I mean, it should not even be on the table to consider until we know that our justice system is flawless. Right. And since that is unknown, you know, this this guy in, in particular, this this Cameron Todd Willingham, um, that guy was as innocent of these crimes as I was. Right. I would not want to be executed for the murder of three children. I wouldn't want to be called a murderer, hauled into court as a murderer, have my uh, freedom taken from me, and then be killed by the state as a murderer. So if I'm not willing to allow that to happen to me, how am I willing to allow it to happen to him? He's the same level of innocent of this crime as I am. So th- this idea, you know, I think I think people have this sort of absurdist notion that, you know, uh, even if you got the wrong guy, they were probably yeah, guilty oh, of something else. I hate that so much. You know, you get this, this, this sort of, feedback from people from time to time that like, oh, well, you know, I mean, wrong place, the wrong time. Sure. But, you know, it's this idea that like that the bad people sort of travel together. And so if you nab the guy just to the left of the killer and you kill him instead, well, yeah, okay, we didn't get the right guy, but we got a guy. Right. And we took a criminal off the street. Well, fuck that noise, man. This guy didn't do it to the same degree I didn't do it. And now he's fucking dead. Somebody put a fucking needle in his arm and shot him up full of shit that fucking killed him. And now he's dead and he doesn't get to have a life again. And he doesn't go to heaven and he doesn't come and go to hell. and He doesn't get fucking reincarnated. He gets fucking dissolved and eaten underground. Right. That's what happens to him. These are these are the same people, Tom, that'll say something like when you mention universal health care, we'll look at you and scoff and be like, well, the government shouldn't be in the in charge of, you know, saving people's lives or making sure you have health care. They shouldn't be in charge of that. 
there shouldn't be in charge, you know, or the government's too incompetent. You hear that all the time. The government's too incompetent to do something like like universal health care. The government's too incompetent to do universal health care. And you're willing to like submit to their judgment on whether or not you should die, whether or not right. an innocent person or a guilty person should be put to death. You're willing to submit to that. And you're fucking going to call yourself small government. Fuck you. That's not. That's the well, biggest government there is. It's not small government at all when you start looking at uh, issues of, of criminal justice and issues of the military, issues where lives are at stake. Right. Right. You know, then it's 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 this sort of like kill them all and let God sort them out kind of an attitude. But but when somebody's got you know fucking double pneumonia and wants to get better. Yeah. It's it's sort of like well you should have thought of that before you spent all your money stupid or, yeah should have thought of that before really? you got sick right yeah you shouldn't have gotten sick well that, that'll teach you probably won't get sick again probably fucking die that's <laughs> probably won't get sick again you're right yeah. I won't get sick again I'll get dead <laughs> instead that's not as good I mean I was feeling better when I wasn't dead well this guy was too. No, we fucking killed him. And it kills me that his base, that people aren't outraged, right? Isn't this the thing that, that uh, uh, death penalty opponents have been um, fearing but also looking toward to happen for so long? Because we knew it was fucking inevitable that eventually they're going to kill a guy that's fucking innocent. And then nobody in their right mind will be able to defend it. That's happened. And here we have. That's happened so many times, Tom. I, I, I don't understand. It's happened so many times. Like hundreds of people have been exonerated after they're dead. After they're fucking dead in the ground. They don't get a chance to fucking go to appeals court after they're dead. That doesn't fucking happen. They don't just fucking bring the coffin in and be like, well, whoopsie. That doesn't fucking right, you happen. Can't, <laughs> you can't like undeadify <laughs> them, right? Like, and, and uh, we granted brains, you a full. Uh, <laughs> Well, and that really isn't that the heart of the problem, though. I mean, you could bring them back to life, but then they just then be they'd zombies. just be zombies, and then they would be killers, and you'd have to shoot them <laughs> and kill them. So at this point, you've weathered half our shitstorm of ranting and raving. So we're going to pause for a moment to give you all the information you need to splutter out your furious rejoinders. Stay listening for the second half of our show after the break. You can email these assholes at dissonance.podcast at gmail Be sure to visit the Cognitive Dissonance website, dissonancepod.com. Be sure to like the show on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at dissonancepod. Thanks to everyone who shares our podcast through Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. We'd also like to thank the people who have rated us and subscribed on iTunes and Podfeed or promoted the show through message boards like Reddit. Your help is fucking greatly appreciated. So this is an interesting video. Ron Paul... Why do we have to? Why do I have I, to like Ron Paul? Uh, why? Why does he have to be the only one on that side who occasionally makes well, that sense? Other guys making oh, sense. Huntsman, yeah, Huntsman makes a lot of sense. I like John Huntsman. I think he's a good. I think, like he, he. I mean, he won't go anywhere. Like nobody with any fucking sense has any traction. That's because only fucking crazy people go forward in the fucking GOP today. Nowadays, only the crazy can fucking go forward. So uh, Noam Chomsky in, in, a, uh, in a video was asked to comment on Ron Paul's comments regarding 9-11. Um, Ron Paul makes a tremendous amount of sense. And you cannot get further on the political spectrum from fucking Noam Chomsky to Ron Paul, right? <laughs> they are as fucking far apart as possible. And they are in complete agreement here, Cecil. 
Noam Chomsky does call himself like a social libertarian. I think uh, uh, he says something like that. It, like his 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 philosophy is like quasi libertarian. So there is some connection, some inroads there, although they are very very small. <laughs> they are very <laughs> tiny, and 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 you're right. In many many ways, they are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. But Ron Paul just fucking spits the truth. I mean, he just stands up there and he's just like, yeah, so uh, the reason why Al-Qaeda attacked us is A, B, and C. And he starts to get fucking booed because of it. And he's like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I'm not fucking, I'm not the one telling you why they fucking attacked us. Al-Qaeda's telling you why they attacked us, motherfucker. (laughs) They'll fucking put it out on the line as to why they attacked us. Yeah, they couch that shit in fucking religion. And I read the letter, actually, that Osama bin Laden sent. Uh, very recently, Osa- I read a letter, like the entire letter went after all the shitstorm happened in 9-11. They sent a letter about, you know, Islam, and it started to talk about Islam, and that shit's couched in religion. And, you know, you want to say to people that are going to be like, well, it was clearly just the religion that they attacked us for. Don't don't fucking believe that. The, you know, they are carefully couching their language, too, so that they can get a rise out of us recognize that they're going to put some shit in there so that the the cat the giant christian base in this country will find it offensive and find some other reason to dislike them too i i don't want to discount religion completely because you and i both agree tom that you can't get there from where we are like you and i aren't gonna fucking fly a plane into anything except for unless it's a fucking landing strip like that's the only place that you and i would ever fly a plane but the thing is is that uh, and we recognize that, but you, you, uh, just like Ron Paul says here, there's a lot of other fucking factors in there. Don't get so mired up into thinking that it's only religion or only one or two things that caused this. There's a lot of fucking factors. Well, and Ron Paul says, he's like, it's not because they hated our freedom and prosperity. That has nothing to do with it. Look, nobody get, and then, then that's really where he gets booed, right. right? Because that was like the tagline, like they hate our freedom. Like the terrorists hate our freedom. The terrorists could give a flying rat fuck if we're if 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 we're free and they're right. not. They do not give a shit. You know, of course they couch this shit in religious terms. They need to motivate their sure. base too. Well, and they're motivating right? our base to hate them. It's perfect. It's right. fucking great. It's a great it, strategy. There's no better tool, right, to get the tools worked up. Absolutely. On on both sides. You're not going to get somebody strapping on a, a suicide vest or flying a plane into a building unless they've got, you know, some reward in paradise waiting for them. But you also know that you're, there's nothing you're going to say which is going to uh, inflame the senses of the people that you're trying to attack and instill fear into more than uh, making this into a religious war. So it's fucking win-win for the guys in charge. But the guys in charge aren't doing this entirely for religious reasons. Ron Paul knows the reasons. The reasons have been fucking stated by the sure, guys in charge. Sure. You know, they're not a great fucking secret. They're only a secret to the people who've never bothered to Google why yeah. Osa- <laughs> You know, like, fucking Google it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Google it. Google that shit right now and figure it out. And figure, you know, because it's not, it's not a fucking secret. It's not a secret. There's no secret document telling us why, you know, the terrorists attack, attacked on 9-11. There's a lot of reasons why. Uh, and and those reasons, we, one of the things that he talks about here is like, he's like, well, they're fucking, they, we were occupying their space. He's like, what if they were here? 
What if they were yeah. here occupying our space? We had they had bases here. What would we do to them? Nobody wants to hear that shit. Nobody, everybody no, always no. wants to fucking plug no. their ears and go la 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 la. The moment anybody <laughs> fucking says, well, what are we doing on their stair soil? Everybody's just like, well, you hate America. You hate America. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Why do you hate America? You fucking retards. Do you not fucking realize when you put a fucking opposing, aggressive force on somebody else's land that they're going to look at you and be like, well, someone's going to die. Don't you think that's yep. going to happen? Imagine if 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 in if in uh, central Arkansas there was a Saudi Arabian Fucking air Fucking A, man. I mean, that, just just I mean to say it sounds crazy, right? It sounds crazy to say it. But we have bases all fucking over the place. And, you know, even if it wasn't let, – let's let's extend it out. Imagine if a Saudi Arabian air base was uh, in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. that's That would make a lot of people very, very uncomfortable. Maybe it's not in our country, but it's our fucking neighbor. Right. right? And that's the same thing. Even though we're not absolutely everywhere, although year after year we grow more places than we were yeah, before. No it's not like you hear about us shutting down a lot of international bases. Yeah. Oh, we don't need that one anymore. <laughs> wipe, wipe, wipe. You, anybody who thinks we're leaving Afghanistan without bases. Right. Or leaving Iraq without bases. You're fucking nuts. That, I mean, we went through a lot of fucking work to put those bases there. And let's not pretend right. otherwise. And a lot of fucking buckets of fucking money went over there to put those bases yep. there. And they're going to protect their interests. And, you know, imperialism never fucking works. I don't understand why people don't get it by now. I mean, how fucking far do we have to come in our history as human beings to realize imperialism fucking sucks donkey balls? <laughs> who's, who's the fucking idiot that's like, well, let's go with a strict imperialist policy? Right? <laughs> the sun never sets on the... <laughs> you're a physician, Ron Paul, so you're a doctor. You know something about this subject. Let me ask you this hypothetical question. A healthy 30-year-old young man has a good job, makes a good living, but decides, you know what? I'm not going to spend $200 or $300 a month to, for health insurance because I'm healthy. I don't need it. But, you know, something terrible happens. Uh, he, all of a sudden, he needs it. Who's going to pay for if he goes into a coma, well, for example? In a, in a who, who pays for that? In a society that you accept welfareism and socialism, he expects the government to take care well, of it. What do him. you want? But what he should do is whatever he wants to do and assume responsibility for himself. My advice to him would have a major medical policy, but not before. But he doesn't have that. He doesn't have it, and, he's, and he, needs, he needs intensive care for six months. Who pays? That's what freedom is all about, taking your own risk. This whole idea that you have to prepare and take care of everybody. But, Congressman, are you saying that society should just let him die? No. I practice medicine. Um. So in the ultimate stay classy move, <laughs> um, the Tea Party uh, nutters <laughs> were uh, cheering, actually, um, comments about uh, leaving the uninsured to die. Let's clarify. It wasn't the entire crowd. It was it no, was it admittedly no. only like maybe five or six voices. Um, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people didn't agree with them and that that is not a, a, a way in which I think a lot of people would feel. But one of the things I want to talk about more so than the people who cheered is the fucking stupid question that gets asked because, <laughs> you know, 
It's such a loaded question. He's like, well, this guy is perfectly healthy, and, you know, he just drops his health insurance, and then he gets he gets into a horrible accident. Should you just let him die? And you're like, well, no, that's that, that is not a policy in which we have in, in the United States. That doesn't exist, right? So it's first off, it's a false, it's a false question as it is. And secondly, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with them. Pe- those people who are just like, well, what a douchebag! Like here, you had a perfectly good opportunity to have health insurance. You could, because he's not saying he can't afford it. He's just like, well, he's a young guy who doesn't, who thinks he's invulnerable and gets fucked up. Well, you know, time to call fucking Peter Francis Geraci in the fucking at night to get your fucking info tapes on bankruptcy, <laughs> asshole, because you're fucked because you fucking yep. didn't have any foresight. I'm with that guy, but I'm also with the I'm also with the people in the United States here who say that nobody should have to go through that anyway because we should have universal fucking health care like every other Western nation has. Right. Well, you know, and that guy who calls Peter Francis Geraci, you know, he's a drain on the system. Sure. He's a massive drain on the system because it's not like he's not going to get treated. He's going to get sure. treated. You know, em- he's going to get at least the very least emergency care and then bankrupt that shit. And it's not like it just goes right. away. It just means that the doctor got fucked and the hospitals got fucked and they roll those costs into my right. costs and into your right. costs. And now it costs me more and it costs you more. And that guy just, you know, declared bankruptcy. And it's, they, this is not a system. You know, insurance, we've said, I, I, insurance is not a system for um, health and for, for, for medical coverage. It really should not be. Insurance is a system for catastrophic events that are unlikely. Like a house right. fire or a car crash. You know, it is a certainty in my life that I will use uh, modern medicine at some point. Right. So to have insurance against it is insane. That does, it just doesn't work. We've got a system of insurance plugged into a, a, a health care model and the two are incompatible. They're fundamentally incompatible. They're economically incompatible, and they're, from a humanitarian standpoint, I- incompatible. And they're and they're failing. They they fail every day. They fail millions of Americans every single day. Which is why nobody looks to America to develop this. You know the the the, the economic system to pay for health care. No one's looking to us like, hey, that's a model that works. You, you don't see the people in 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 the UK or in Canada saying, man, we got to scrap this fucking you know, like universal health care coverage and go with what America has. They right. got it. Good. They got it good over there. They get to pay for their own health care and decide what they get. Well, he, nobody's saying that because it's fucking it's it's a stupid system. Tom, have your insurance premiums for your health care ever gone down? Because <laughs> mine have never gone down. I'm a healthy guy. No. I haven't been to the doctor. I no. went to the doctor one time this year, and it was just to get a quick prescription for an anti-inflammatory because my arm was acting up. Like that's it. Yeah. That's it. And it was a fucking 20-minute doctor visit. The doctor, I guarantee, didn't make a lot of money, and I pay a lot of money into premiums, and I know my company pays a lot of money in premiums every month for me to get my health care coverage. It's paid all the time, and I don't ever use it, and my wife never really uses it. We don't really go to the doctor that often. We go once every couple years. Well, well right. wh- why are my premiums going down? And when people say, well, that's not how a group plan works, insurance is a fucking group plan, period. Like insurance is a fucking – is based on the group model in that everybody puts their money in and people who don't normally spend a lot get better premiums. That's how car insurance works. Why shouldn't fucking health insurance work the same way? But it doesn't. Our premiums go up and up and up. I got to pay more every year. Why? I'm not getting any more coverage. 
And it's because our system is fucked in the ear. It doesn't fucking work. When you go to the doctor and you can't pay your bills, suddenly it gets rolled into my cost. Well, that's a stupid way to do it. If you're going to do it that way, just have fucking universal health care and just fucking cut the middleman completely out of it. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, the insurance is a way to universalize health care. You know, it's a way to, to defer the costs over a large group of people, you know, to pay for the few. So we already have that, except for it just sucks. Yeah. It just, what we have is a system that sucks. I'm in the opposite situation, right? My wife just this week had back surgery. I can't even imagine how expensive it's going to be. I have health insurance, but I'm still going to pay out the fucking nose sure. for this thing. You know, because what I have is a PPO, which is going to zing me, you know, whatever my out-of-pocket is, whatever my deductible is, and then 20%. 20% so could it, be a lot of money. It's going to be <laughs> thousands of dollars. No, no. There's no, no Cecil, way no. for it. It's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking back surgery? Yeah, it's going to be a lot it's of It's going to be thousands yes. of dollars out of my pocket in addition to the premiums I right. pay. Which, I, you know, thankfully I'm in a position where I hope I can absorb it. But there's a lot of people who couldn't. And then what do they do? They just don't get it. They're just like, well, fucking my life is ruined. I just have pain all the time for the rest of my life. Or I get it and then I go bankrupt trying to pay these things off. Or I lose my house or I lose a car. You know, it's this is not a working system. To Ron Paul, you know, we just talked about how much we liked him. He's an asshole on this issue. He's an asshole because what he suggests is that uh, we don't turn people away, but then he kind of counters that with saying, you know, back before there was, was Medicaid, churches took care of medical costs. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but you're kind of a liar. Churches could still do yeah, that. Nothing's right? stopping the There's churches. There's nothing that bars them from doing that now, but they don't. It's like you go to your church and you say, I need $150,000 for an operation. And the church says, fuck, how much? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a fucking whole lot. I don't know that you're worth that. How much do you tithe? Right. Exactly. Churches aren't co- – you know, this idea that, like, churches make up the gap. They don't make up the gap. If they made up the gap, there wouldn't still be a gap. And let's say you take away that fucking – that giant a bit of money because he's obviously saying, okay, well, churches will cover it. Okay, well, what if they didn't have to cover it? What if the American people – you know, the, the money I spend currently in my, on my fucking insurance, which most Americans fucking spend money on insurance, what if that all went to a giant kitty and everybody got insurance, you know, universal health care? Maybe I have to pay a little more, but maybe, Tom, you pay a little less and, you know, it all kind of equals out. Well, now what does the church do with its money? Well, maybe you could fucking put clothes on people's backs, put shoes on people's feet, put them in fucking houses so they could fucking live and have a fucking place to fucking put their head down. Maybe instead of, you know, maybe once we figure out what the fuck's going on in this country and everybody's fine over here, we start going into other places, other parts of the world like Haiti or fucking sub-Saharan Africa and helping those people out. You know, that money could go to other good fucking things. It doesn't have to go to fucking health care, which the rest of the Western world already gets fucking paid for out of their taxes. Right. It's only working everywhere else. So there's a despicable cocksucker who I cannot stand. His name is Paul Ryan. I'm sure many people have heard about him. (laughs) I cannot stand this guy. He's from Wisconsin. um, And he's a representative from up there. Uh, this is this is just perfect, perfect example of why the Republican Party hates America when this guy is willing to raise, he's willing to cut 
the taxes. He wants to get, and not just willing, he wants to with other people. They want to push so that Barack Obama's payroll tax cuts, which currently affect all of us, a lot of us in this country, they are going to cut those so that we're basically going to get a 50% tax hike on anybody making less than $106,000 per year. And then within the next couple of sentences, he basically says class warfare may may make for good politics, but it makes for rotten economics $106,000 a year or less. Those people are going to get their taxes doubled, but he wants to fight for the people up on the top to get, you know, they want to get paid. He wants them to have their, keep their tax breaks. And the reasoning he gives Tom is that, well, you know, the reason why we're going to do this is because the tax cuts for the poor, they haven't worked. Yeah, um... First of all, kind of how would you fucking know? You know, the tax cuts on the poor haven't really been that deep. You know, I don't know about you, Cecil, but there was never a time where I looked at my paycheck and it went up dramatically because of of, of a lowering of taxes. So I I, I think that's what you want to do is you want to say, hey, middle class, I don't really give a shit about you. What I want is money from millionaires. And the only way I'm going to get money from millionaires to run my budget is to keep their taxes lower. How anybody can suggest that millionaires should have a lower tax rate than the middle class and look you in the eye with a straight face. That's insane. That's outrageous. And and he's saying the same thing. Like the the, the only thing that uh, he said he opposes the president's proposal to require millionaires to pay the same tax rate as the middle class. Why? Well, just tell me why. If I have to pay it, why don't they have to pay it? Well, why? They need the money less than I do. It means less to them. They're not hurting as badly as other people, as, as the middle class are. They're not going to save. They're not going to spend that money. They're just going right. to save it anyway. Right. The difference between me and a millionaire getting a tax cut is I use that money to pay my mortgage. He does not use that money to pay his mortgage. There's the difference. There's the difference between me and a millionaire getting a tax cut. And he even says right here, he's like, he argues that the policy has already failed to provide a sufficient boost to the economy. What What the fuck? We've been given fucking millionaires a tax cut since Bush got in office. That money? I don't see a fucking significant job increase, douchebag. Where's the jobs? You know, you give these people, well, we have to cut the taxes on these millionaires so they can create jobs. Well, they had fucking ample time in the last 10 years to create plenty of fucking jobs. I don't see the plenty of jobs. (laughs) Where are the plenty of jobs that they could be creating? What is hindering them from creating said jobs? Cecil, how many job offers have you had today? I was walking out. I was walking. And and Jesus, I couldn't. I I had to beat him away with a stick. There was so many fucking offers. I know. Right. I'm every day I wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, fucking inbox (laughs) is full of job offers again. (laughs) I got to turn them down. No, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate it. But that's crazy. Right. That's crazy. And it it just doesn't make any sense. You know, it's pandering. There's no (laughs) other way to get from here to there. It's just pandering. You're saying like, hey, guys, guys, I really want your money. Fuck the middle class. They don't donate to my campaign anyway. What this really says, at least this is what I think it says, is that the American people are the most uninformed type of voters. They're the type of people that will get a tax increase 
from the government and then watch a political commercial because that's how you pay for political commercials is you get giant fucking funding and a political commercial that you know down like dogs the opponent and talks about how great this person is and they'll vote based on that they're not going to vote based on the facts nice. that, you know, the money, you know, because the, the Republican Party, the GOP, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about 40 percent of America here, about 40 percent. There's about 40 percent, 40 percent split, you know, the Democrats and then you have 40 percent of the, the GOP. I guarantee the 40 percent of the GOP is not, you know, people that are making over one hundred six thousand dollars a year. It's just not fucking possible. So so those people not, or we wouldn't have right, an economic so those crisis. people are getting fucked by their own party. And are they going to continue voting for a party that keeps claiming about no no new taxes, oh, we want to cut taxes, we want to cut taxes, as they raise taxes? Are you going to vote for them again? Because I think, I think this is a clear indication that they are not out for your best interests. All they are out for is to get a fucking payday so they could put out a shitty fucking po- a political commercial to, to get your dumb ass to vote for them again. <laughs> So, Cecil, I want to talk about a story. This is from CNN's Belief blog. Um, this is a, uh, a story that was sent to us by one of our listeners posted on our page. Um, and it discusses the Christian crusade against pornography. Uh, first of all, I think you'd have a better time of it crusading against very nearly anything else. <laughs> right? Like, you're... You're crusading against things people fucking right. like. You know what I mean? Like you're crusading. You may as well have a crusade against orange juice. <laughs> I like. I'm, I'm not going to stop drinking cake. orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I think your hit counts just alone will tell you about the popularity of pornography. <laughs> Let's see. Everyone has access to the yeah. internet. Internet is rife yeah. with porn. <laughs> rife with porn. Pretty yeah. much it's just porn and politics. Pretty much. Like, that's the yeah. whole internet. Like, if you took out politics and porn from the internet, there would be, like, three sites about horses. <laughs> like, that would be it. Pretty soon, our country is going to be run by a girl dressed as an Asian schoolgirl. I mean, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> but, you know, this this talks about, you know, it, it sort of suggests that there's a growing movement in the Christian community to uh, attack pornography. Um, I have a hard time actually believing that this is uh, going to gain any real traction. First of all, the Christians have had a crusade against sexuality in general since the beginning of the Christians, right? This isn't anything new. I mean, America itself was founded in part uh, on a group of uh, sexually intolerant Christians. That's why we always joke here in America about, you know, the... um, uh, prudish attitudes of of Americans towards sex, it, it all relates sure. back to our uh, ridiculous Christian heritage. Yeah, Puritans. I mean, right. <laughs> the very like name itself. Puritanical. They, actually, the name's kind of hot. I'll be honest. I mean, I, <laughs> I think the name's a little hot. Uh, okay, one of the things about this article, which I thought was, you know, just just weird, just downright weird, is there's fucking software out there that you could install on your computer and every time you're, you direct a website to a pornography site, uh, 
it sends an email to somebody whoever's listed. So my suspicion is, is that the wife would install this or the husband would install this so they could monitor who's going to porn sites and basically sends an email to that person and says, hey, so-and-so went to fucking chickswithdicks.com. <laughs> like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> so I just think it's kind of scary. Like it's a, it's a really terrifying idea to like be like, well, uh, see exactly where you went today and uh, see that you went to <laughs> – these five sites suddenly you would change i think you would change your porn habits at that point you would be like you know what i'm really only gonna go to what people think i like not what i actually like <laughs> right like because if you're gonna get caught you're gonna be caught like oh it's just conventional shit that's yeah, all, all i was looking, I was at. looking just, at i was n- just regular old you know just yeah. she was standing there arms at her side head up chin yeah, i was not looking at <laughs> i was not looking at rape or choking porn i swear oh i swear God. i wasn't looking at that I accidentally clicked on the link. I just didn't know what was there. It just said, girl gets banged. And I clicked it. I didn't know. Accidentally clicked on the links. Excuse did not work. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, this is, um, you know, this, this article is so bizarre because it, you know, whenever they're talking to these people uh, who are involved in, you know, like the pastors and the people who are involved in trying to like cure themselves of their interest in sexuality, you know, they, they, they constantly are confusing pornography with masturbation, with sex, with prostitution. It's like you, you've got to unpack this and and realize that pornography is different than prostitution, which is different than sexuality, which is different than masturbation. And that, you know, if you've got some kind of an issue with pornography and you've got an issue with prostitution, you have two issues. Right. You don't have one issue because they're not the same thing. And one thing does not, you know, lead into the other thing with, with, with surety, right? You know, like if, if you get pornography, you don't automatically go get prostitutes. And if you masturbate, it doesn't mean that you get pornography. And, you know, I mean, yeah, if you look at pornography, you probably yeah. masturbate. But, you know, and the <laughs> Unless whole thing, you're really frustrated. You're just like, look at it. You just, I can't look at it anymore. Why am I doing this to myself <laughs> day after day after day? <laughs> a terrible decision. I'm so uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> but it's like it's like this crusade against sexuality is really what it all boils it really down is. to. It's it's it, it's it, it, these people are so scared of themselves, so terrified of their desires, so sure because of uh, this misguided religious nonsense that, like, them, their feelings that be stirring downstairs <laughs> are so uncomfortable to them, you know, that they, they have to externalize that onto everybody else. Like, if, it's, if it makes me nervous, it's, it's, it must be bad. And if it's bad, it's bad for you, and it's bad for me, and it's bad for everyone, and nobody look at a penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> what I don't understand is what how is- people just – how you could get this far in society and people will be like, well – you know, guys, they're just not going to masturbate. Like, that thing has its own internal fucking pressure valve release. Right. Like, yeah, its own. It'll do it on its own. If you let it go, it'll just blow up on its own. So what are, like, what are you thinking? Like, and this guy in this article in the very beginning is like, well, ain't jerked it in a while. You're like, well, good for you, dude. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's on his second week at the time of the article. Like, look, there was a Seinfeld episode yeah. about this. Exactly. You know, it, two, two weeks, come on now. I mean, grow yeah, just because you ain't I mean, pet your chubby in two weeks doesn't mean anything, <laughs> okay? You didn't solve the problem. Call me yeah. a year when you're lying to me. <laughs> you know, 
part of this that says, uh, it's like a gateway drug, he says. You can't just have a little look. If you look at porn, you've already given your heart and spirit away to someone who isn't your wife. No, that's that's that nonsense. I'm stupid. sorry, that's fucking nonsense. Looking at porn doesn't mean you don't love your loved ones anymore. Like, that's just not, that's just not true. And I don't know what your fucking spirit is, you know, but... When you give your spirit away into the Kleenex, <laughs> you know, you'll make more fucking spirit. Yeah, the spirit, okay? the spirit continues to, to make whether that. or not you release it or not. <laughs> what, you know, and that's and that's the that's the really the heart of the matter is that, you know, if you look at somebody else, you don't love your your loved ones. That's ridiculous. And it doesn't right. make any sense. Like that's like saying I can only find one person in the world who's attractive. And that's it. I can't find anybody else attractive. So Selma Hayek comes on TV. I'm like, God, that bitch is ugly. She's nothing compared to you, honey. Like, what? Who's fucking? Oh, I'm lying to her and me. Yeah, who's kidding who is, who? You're, you're lying to yourself then. You're saying, you know, like, you can't appreciate beauty. You can't appreciate somebody else's, you know, the way they look. We're sexual beings, man. Like, why did God do that to us then? If your God exists, he's a fucking asshole. You're not cheating on salad when you eat a pork yeah. chop, right? That's <laughs> it's nonsense. ridiculous. That's silly. It's, it's not, you're just saying like, oh man, you don't love salad enough. Like, you ate a pork chop. It's like, look, it... it Let's not pretend we're something other than what we are. You want to you fast track to divorce? Then bury all of your sexual feelings and never acknowledge them. Right. You want to make sure that you have a fucking dysfunctional sexual and emotional relationship with your spouse? Then great. Then make sure that you never talk about sex, that you never acknowledge sexual desires. If, if you're going to do that, then you're just asking for trouble, you know, because you're not giving yourself any sort of outlet to be realistic about who you are and about what you want and about the things that sort of turn your crank, man. It's your wife's not going to appreciate that in the long term when you're, you know, not getting something that you want and you're afraid to say it and you're attracted to other people and think you're, you're filled with this sort of self-loathing. And so you go out and you do this terrible thing that, that you wouldn't have otherwise done. And oh my God, it's such a big deal for both of you now because you don't have a language with which to communicate with each other. Well, take away, it, it, take away pornography from this guy, right? Um, don't tell me he's not going to be looking at other people in it in the same way. He's not going to be watching for that nip slip in the fucking movie or the side boob. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 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 trust me, this guy, this person who's, who's not like consuming pornography or looking at, you know, naked pictures or looking at a, you know, Scarlett Johansson's leaked nude pics on the web, you know, <laughs> those, he, if he's not looking at that stuff, he's going to be watching, you know, um, Angelina Jolie in kind of a racy movie, or uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be you know slowing the, the 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 screen down at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna find other ways. There's a sure. there's a great bit um, on This American Life where this guy who's an evangelical talks about how he went away to college and how he didn't masturbate. He didn't. He he wound up trying not to masturbate, and he wound up never, you know, get consuming any pornography or even looking at a Playboy or anything while he was away. And he said he would walk around like a like just a total lech, just walking around trying to catch, you know, a moment of a girl's thigh or a you know a nip slip or just even just cleavage, just to just to get something to look at. So you know, yeah, I guess you could be a fucking creep then. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what are your choices? You know, like you're not going to shut your biology off. 
I don't care how hard you try, you can't shut that shit off. Sure. That, you prove it with the, when the people come out and they fucking blow up his gaze like that fucking pastor, that Ted Haggard. You know what I mean? Like, he can't shut his biology off either. And, you know, he got fucking crystal meth and a fucking tranny hooker to prove yeah, that. Call one. me when you can pray away hunger yeah. or thirst or desire not to be cold. Right. You know, it, when, when you can do that, when you can look me in the eye and say, well, God doesn't want me to be hungry, so I'm not hungry. Nonsense. Yeah. Utter nonsense. All you're doing is depriving yourself and hurting yourself and hurting your relationship with other people. Right. And like you said, you're just you're going to make a fucking lech out of yourself because you have no fucking outlet. Sure. You should fucking walk around with your fucking tongue hanging out like that guy, from, like that wolf from the fucking cartoons when we were kids. He's like his eyeballs go booga, booga, booga. And he's just like, yeah, and you just can be that wolf guy. That's it. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So, Cecil, I think the way to end this story, the only appropriate ending, <laughs> um, and the only way to... Happening. I don't know what's happening. I don't either. I'm going to read this whole story. Again, it's a short story. I think this is my favorite story of the week uh, because it, I don't understand anything about it. Gordon Ramsay's dwarf porn double, Percy Foster, dies in Badger Den. <laughs> A dwarf, dwarf porn star who was double. Gordon Ramsay's double has been found dead in the most bizarre of circumstances, according to UK tabloid The Sunday Sport. Percy Foster's three foot six inch body was discovered in a badger den in Wales. I don't believe this story. I, I, I don't am either. done. I'm right sure now. it's nonsense. Yeah. The report says the 35 year old was found deep in an underground chamber by Ministry of Agriculture experts ahead of a planned badger gassing program. <laughs> <laughs> Investigators have not ruled out the possibility of suicide by badger. <laughs> In a recent interview, Foster spoke of his excitement about his growing career as Ramsey's double. Porn lookalikes get more money than normal actors. Dwarf lookalikes are as rare as hen's teeth and so can command a top dollar. I've already ordered a new BMW and a diamond encrusted soda stream, he said. What? The scary thing is he does kind of look like He looks totally like <laughs> Gordon totally Ramsay. Like he looks like a little person Ramsay. I mean, he really does. One thing I want to ask, though. Let's say you're consuming some pornography and you're like, you know what? Let's let's get let's get our midget porn on here. Right. Why are you choosing go like craggy faced Gordon Ramsay to fucking look at? That's like, why would he be even remotely? I mean, like, look at the guy. He looks like he's got he's got fucking crevices on his face. He's got like four hatchet wounds on his forehead. <laughs> he looks like he has scarring on his fucking chin. Yeah. He's a giant cut up face. You look at the guy and you're like, well, why would I ever even think that that guy would even remotely have a? I would never ever have a sexual thought about Gordon Ramsay ever. Is this the thing that's so bizarre, right? Like to 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 buy this guy's porn. We just got done talking about porn. But <laughs> what what has to you gotta be sitting there like, God, I love fucking midget dwarf little person porn. And nothing's as hot as like imagine it like, oh god, the the sacred the the holiest of holies would be if there was a midget Gordon Ramsay. Click. Oh my god! I'm so <laughs> That's never <laughs> happened. Oh, right? my this, God. It's so, and then this guy is found in a badger den? A 
badger uh, den? This, it's not real. Well, how do you get into a badger den? It's like, not wiggling? even real. They're like, making it what up. What is happening with this story? They're making it up. That's what's <laughs> happening. They're using their imagination. Wait a who's, who's sitting around, you know, like super, you know, I'm going to kill myself. That's what I'm going to do. That's the, you know, I could hang myself. I could shoot myself. <laughs> I could crawl deep into a badger den to be eaten alive by vicious mammals deep underground. That who's decided that's the that's the ticket. That in order for this story to be true, so many deeply unlikely things have to be evident, right? Everything about like everything about everything has to be right. wrong. Right. I love this story so much. <laughs> And we did get some email. We got an email from Tom. Tom sent us a, and we're, we're going to go ahead and throw the link for this up on our site. Tom sent us a very cool beat poem. It's about a nine-minute beat poem. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually very cool. It's very funny. It's by uh, Tom Minchin, who's a skeptical atheist, comedian, musician. The guy needs more labels, first yeah. of all. Um, but we'll put it on there. I think this is actually definitely worth nine minutes of your time. And, Tom, we thank you very much for sending it to us. Uh, we also got an email from Dumbass. Uh, Dumbass sent us a uh, uh, Dumbass's website. By the way, is dumbassguide.info, and uh, he has he runs a skeptical website, um, and he also has a skeptical podcast. So uh, you can find that at dumbassguide.info. Uh, he sent us a. <laughs> it was I watched this whole video, Tom, and it's the Westboro Baptist Church oh. made a. Music video called instead of you know like that we are the world song that we are the world blah, blah, that song they did God hates the world and I watched it and uh, wow uh, you're right God does hate the world <laughs> <laughs> like you, you you know I can't I can't imagine these people are not trolls like when you when you watch this video. And you watch the interspersed cuts of those people and the, you know, the, the people singing it and the sort of joy they have on their face when they're talking about the things that they're talking about. Uh, you can't imagine they're not trolls. Like you watch and you're like, are you guys really serious? Yeah. It, I think the Westboro Baptist Church, it, in about two years, they're just going to rickroll all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to give you up. <laughs> they're just going to be like, we fucking got you. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, until that time, they're the craziest thing going. Oh, God. They really are. Do you, I mean, my favorite thing about the lyrics, though, is uh, where I said, God hates the world and all her people. Yeah. So it's Mother Earth, people? dude. Mother it's Earth? Mother Earth. You're doing God wrong again. Recently, Tom and I found out we were on the What's Hot portion of uh, – of the religion other on iTunes and that one of the top ones, one of the top uh, podcasts is Druid cast. <laughs> I would think that they would refer to the earth as her too on Druid cast. Yeah. Maybe we should suggest to the Westboro Baptist church. Like here's something you may enjoy <laughs> the Druid cast. The Druid cast. I know that I listen. Now I listen to that podcast. I, I dance around my Stonehenge. I've got one in the backyard it's um, only are, 22 inches tall, though. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be 22 feet tall, but it's really only 22 inches tall. He had to hire a Gordon Ramsay midget lookalike to dance <laughs> around it with. I'm used to shrinking things down. It's, yeah. 
<laughs> so is she. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> what I want to say, though, about this is God, when he, and they say God hates the world, you know, and he know he hates you and all this stuff. When you, I mean, if you truly, really, really believe this, that God actually hated you, I mean, wh- how do you even get to fucking point B here? I don't get it. I really don't get And that's why I think they're trolls. That's why I think they're trolls, but I can't be sure. I, but I do think they're trolls. Thank you, dumbass, for sending that in. We really appreciate it. We also got hit by a bunch of t- uh, Twitter followers in the recent couple days, and they've been se- they've been sent uh, reposting our links, and um, they've also been sort of just sending us shout-outs like, hey, thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for the podcast, or we like the podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you could spread the word in some ways, you know, there's plenty of ways in which you could do it. And we're very happy whenever anybody does it. So we want to thank those people who spread the word about the podcast whenever they get a chance. Well, uh, it looks like we've come to uh, the end of another episode, Tom. And uh, we're going to leave everybody, as always, with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info, docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. Thank you for listening to Cognitive Dissonance. If you want to reach us by phone, you can call us at 740-743-6828. That's 740-74-DOUBT. Long distance rates apply. Send us an email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at dissonance underscore pod.